Broadcast from the centre of England, this is Waffle On about Sherlock Holmes, the Brett years. Welcome to uh, this month's show. Uh, my name is Meds, and once again I'm joined with Kel. Hello, Kel. Hello there. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. And uh, some of you may notice that uh, we are sounding slightly weird. That's because we are doing this via Skype. I think it sounds all right, but of course uh, it could sound terrible. Oh, well, there you go. We, we, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Let's be about some of the sound levels had over the over the year. He ain't going to make that much difference, is he? Yeah. Uh, what this say? It's all about what. Well, it's not about the packaging, it's what's in there. <laughs> that's what I keep saying to my girlfriend. Oh, really? Well, you know, yeah. you're still marrying her, so that's, uh, that, you must be onto a winner somewhere along the line. Keep that quiet. <laughs> I'm waiting for Evangeline Lily to come and whisk me off. Really? Married, but I don't think that's going to happen. I don't want to dent your confidence or anything, but no. <laughs> I don't really look like a lost character, do I? Like, you look lost. You do look lost. I do look lost, but not like I'm out of lost. No, you look more like um, the one who died. What's his name? Charlie? Is it Charlie? The one Charlie, who's yeah, uh, yeah. Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. That's all right though, because he in real life he's going over Evangeline Lily. Is he still going over? He still is, yeah. Don't worry, I know about this kind of thing. E news. Are you key? Are you uh, e news? Yeah, my girlfriend watches e news every night, so I, I know all about all this kind of rubbish. Anyway, we're not going to be talking about bloody this. It's not an e news podcast. So <laughs> well, you never know in the future. <laughs> not in a podcast about e news. That's just there. Oh yeah, we really are scraping I'll the be barrel. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I think first of all we need to apologise really because um, we didn't bring out a show in January. We put out a mini waffle uh, episode. But um, but nothing else really, um, and that was purely for the fact that while well, you were busy organising your forthcoming uh, wedding, I was pretty ill, um, and so we just didn't do it. That's about it, really, isn't it? That's about as yeah, much. Like, as- yeah, yeah. Like, Christmas was a weird time for us, wasn't it? You know, you, you know, you, you were ill and you had the baby. Yeah. Instead of the wedding, had mama girlfriend losing a mother and all that, so it just was all bloody awkward, wasn't it? And this is yeah. the first, but, uh, but there you go. This is life, isn't it? That's life. That's life. <laughs> um, People this... want to pay us, meds. We'll become professional and we'll do this every day if they want. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, uh, of course. If wants to pay us a wage, <laughs> we'll do it. <laughs> yeah, because we'll, let's face it, we'll, uh, we're losing enough of it at work. <laughs> yeah, we'll accept. Oh, yeah, well, I work for 20 grand a year. Yeah, really? That high? Yeah, I, I work you know, for the podcast for 20 grand a year. <laughs> Bloody hell, fair uh, play. I don't think we're going to get that. We're going to get about 40 grand donated. I don't think we are. Like, I, don't, I don't think we will, but uh, we, have, we have had some donations. Uh, we, we, don't, we won't mention who, who they are because um, obviously that's just not. not not, uh, not good form, but uh, you know who you are. And uh, anyway, we'll be thanking Rick Moyer yeah. <laughs> uh, from uh, Taking Me View podcast. Uh, and of course, he's, he's Rick's the one who donated his Stargazer CD, which is available at iTunes and at Amazon. And strange enough, at Amazon, it's a pound cheaper. That's pretty good, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, so thank you for uh, everyone who has donated. Um, we do, uh, do have a donation thing on the Podbean website. And if you want to just click on it, you know what to do. Yeah, to pay someone for. needs to give this podcast to Bill Gates. 
Yeah, that'd be really good, actually. We could do, like, uh, Knights of the Guild. Oh, not Knights of the Guild. Knights of the Guild is the podcast, but uh, the Guild where the gorgeous Felicia Day, and she is a uh, redhead, lovely lady, who um, does the Guild, and she started off doing uh, stuff on, like, on YouTube. And uh, and uh, she got picked up, and now he's uh, he's on Xbox Live, and uh, gets loads and loads of hits in his extreme. Well, she's successful anyway because she's a proper actress. But you know, you never know. You never know. Never gonna happen. But <laughs> no, no, you know, we do know. It's our life is, we do know. I like your optimism there. But that's not our world. <laughs> yeah. Um, some selfless uh, self promotion uh, now. Uh, Star Wars in the Shadows. We did a a, um, a waffle on about that uh, last year. In which I acted in, uh, I had two parts in that, uh, won a, uh, award, uh, this week. Uh, I think it was under best, um, Star Wars audio drama, that was through Star Wars Handbook. So congratulations to, uh, Danny Pepin, uh, from Creative Audio Escape. Uh, his production values are just, uh, second to none. And, uh, um, along with, um, uh, Anomaly Podcast, who won, uh, uh best panel thing image on, uh, on that as well. So we need to talk about Anomaly, don't we? Talking to me now. Yeah, of course I'm talking to you, you idiot. You idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Hello, it's facetious. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah, we do, yeah. The, back, the podcast we're doing in two, two weeks. Two weeks? Uh, two weeks, Saturday the 20th. Uh, it's going, well, because I don't know when I'm going to, uh, hopefully I'm going to put this show out today or at least tomorrow. So, uh, timing the episode there. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Saturday the 20th of February is the day we're recording. And what are we talking about? We are talking about... Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yes. So um, it's uh, Monty Python's second film. Um, the first film obviously was uh, an episode completely different, but we're going to be uh, waffling on uh, with the Anomaly Ladies, with Jen and Angela. So an email has already been sent out to people on the Waffle On mailing list, um, but for those people who aren't on the emailing list, uh, please do send us in a comment in about uh, the Holy Grail. Uh, or send us an MP3, uh, just say me if you feel the need to, um, to waffle on podcast at googlemail.com. Um, that's probably the best place to send it. But I'm um, quite looking forward to that. Uh, obviously, send the comments in before the Saturday because there's no point in sending it afterwards because we have to send everything over to Jenna Anomaly because uh, thankfully they're recording the show because let's face it, Cal, we'd be rubbish. Oh, yes, there's minutes about it, yeah. Well, I was going to say to that, I, w- I would, uh, you know, I would be interested if people have got any negative comments, because I don't want it to be completely patting its, patting its on the back. If anyone don't like it, I'd like to hear why. Mm. I, ha- I really want that. You know, it's easy to say it's brilliant. Money Python, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. I want someone to say if they, if, you know, if they don't like it, if what, what they don't like about it. Yeah, definitely. I, I, actually, um, I know for the fact that we, we're already going to disagree with uh, the Anomaly ladies regarding the ending, but let's not talk about that now. But, uh, but oh, me, yes, me, me, me and I, you I, know I, our feelings on it. But yeah, they I've have never a... heard you say it, talk about that before, but I know exactly what you mean, and it's true. <laughs> 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 Excuse me, I'm just having a cup of tea. There we go. <laughs> you English stereotype. <laughs> well, it's a bit early. It's half 11 in the morning. We can't be having a beer, can we? Well, no, yes. this is a podcast about leaving Las Vegas. <laughs> uh, actually, talking about beer. Um, uh, we talk about beer. <laughs> oh, well, I mentioned... <laughs> Look, this podcast is built on tedious links. <laughs> this is how we work. Uh, I want to mention a podcast that I've, uh, I've just got into, um, it's called He Goes Nothing. They've, uh, they've reached up to episode 50, so uh, I've got a lot of catching up to do. It's uh, presented by Boz and Casey, and uh, generally they talk about anything they feel the need to, including a beer of the week, uh, which is always good for me. And it's quality beer, not uh, your stellar chav rubbish that uh, some people insist on drinking, but decent real ale. Uh, 
absolutely awesome show. It's a little bit like ours, but um, they, they don't mind swearing. So obviously we try and keep a, a clean tag, although that yeah. generally goes out the window sometimes. But yeah, here goes nothing, nothing. And you can find them at simplysyndicated.com forward slash shows forward slash here goes nothing. Um, so that's that. So uh, shall we read out some... Well, not we. Um, shall I? <laughs> Unless you want me to read your mind. Yeah. That'd be an interesting podcast. <laughs> Does telekinesis work? Well, not telekinesis. What's the word I'm looking for? Telekinesis, where you move things with your mind. Uh, oh. Should we just call it the Devon Browns? Yeah, yeah we're just going to Devon Brown. Yeah, if I can read your mind, let's have a go. Let's have a go. No. I mean, you know, you, to be fair, you've known me for 25 years, so I, I think you probably could do it. <laughs> I probably could, yeah. But we don't, we don't want to, want to, you know, I probably could read your mind, but do I want to say that out loud? <laughs> probably not, I am a father. Uh, uh, no, <laughs> we don't a pornographic uh, podcast. <laughs> no, we're not, no. Actually, what does that I mean? Know. We're done. <laughs> that makes us sound like we work in some kind of porn industry. Well, uh, I met a guy who worked in the porn industry once, actually. Uh, I met him at a party at uh, Pete and Donna's party. and uh, Was he really, or was he just a brand? No, no, he was. He worked for, um, I think it was something, you know, on, on cable you get these, um, crappy little channels like uh, Babe Station. Babe Station, or he worked for Babe Station, and uh, you know, yeah, yeah, I had a good old, good, quite, quite a long conversation with it, and uh, uh, it was fairly dangerous. But it's like anything, I suppose. If you work at Cadbury's, uh, oh, yeah, I, want, I want to talk about Cadbury's in a minute, but um, you know, you're going to get bored of chocolate, and I suppose if you're surrounded by breasts all day, there's only going to be so much. Um, you know, you probably will end up getting bored by them. I don't think Ed would get bored by a constant amount of breasts, but. Uh, but that's him. Uh, but I think yeah. I think he probably would do. But uh, but yeah. Uh, well, what's uh, you uh, you told me the other day that you had a slightly controversial. Um, this is well well going off topic, but there you go. Craft uh, uh, have uh, taken over, or are in the process of taking over uh, Birmingham's very own Cadbury's chocolate. Uh, obviously, not not a great thing. But um, what can you do? You, you had a quite a controversial feeling yeah. about that. I'll be honest, yeah, I'll be honest, I'm a brummer, you know, I, I don't care. This is multinationals. This mm. is multinationals buying other multinationals. This is multi-million pound businessmen. They don't care about the worker. This idea that the Bourneville village was started bloody 150 years ago, it's mm. not the same now. They're not improvised, you know, I mean, they've got health care. I just don't, why people are worried about it. As long as the chocolate tastes the same, that's all, you, that's all I care about. Yeah, I've got to admit, and my, my thing as well is that as long as it doesn't move from Bourneville, yeah. because Bourneville, if they moved it from Bourneville, then you're losing the whole essence of Cadbury. No, because no, if anything, Kraft would probably put, hopefully would yeah. put money into it to make the it's building look better because it does look like an absolute shithole at the moment. But uh, yeah, I think the most important thing is, is the uh, the chocolate doesn't, because let's face it, uh, I know that I think probably 80% of our listeners are American, um, but man, your chocolate stinks. I mean, people have a go at our cooking, you know, our, our new our cuisine, but Terse's chocolate is the most drabbiest thing I have ever tasted. It's just dry, isn't it? I mean, you've been to America, so you probably sampled it even more than what I have. But oh. when I was out there, I just bought Cadbury stuff. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Does Cadbury stuff taste the same? Because isn't yeah? Well, I, I had um, I had a fruit and nut in New York. <laughs> I know we did have a hot dog, but I had a fruit and nut. You had a fruit. And, uh, it, 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 tastes, it tastes the same. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I thought, I mean, when I get to New York, and uh, hopefully going in a couple of years' time, uh, uh, you know, I, I want chili dogs, and I, I want to have a chili dog on a corner standing next to a, a newspaper stand. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. We don't just talk about no. uh, Right, let's talk about some emails, uh, and then we'll go on to what's coming up soon, and, um, and so that. So first of all, we've got some uh, comments, so let me read the comments. Let me, how American, uh, read these. Uh, Joe, uh, this is Joe from... 
she does the Flash and Blake uh, podcast and has started uh, doing some comedy radio uh, and doing stand-up in London. So, hiya, Joe. Um, fab show regarding Faulty Towers. I have never classed myself as a massive Faulty Towers fan, but I recognise pretty much every episode mentioned and do love it. I happen to think it's a farce, but a dark one. I didn't know that Basil was meant to have been in the Korean War. Certainly explains a lot. His desperate need to stick to class structure. That said, this aspect, I guess, is also of its time. And it's very easy to forget that this show is over 30 years old, which underlines just how timeless it is. I do agree that it travels far better than the young ones, which I loved at the time, I may add. Oh, and the next generation Riker issue, I have to agree. Beard plus Chunky Rider equals better series. <laughs> and uh, thankfully, Councillor Troy got to stop doing that strange expression where she was reading others' emotions as if she was guessing <laughs> who had <Yeah>. farted. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks, Joe. OK, John B said... Uh, I love all three of own pet. It was the greatest show I've ever seen. I only discovered recently that Kevin Waitley is, in fact, older than Tim Healy and Jimmy Nail, which was actually playing the baby of the train. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, I, I still watch the Thorny Manor episode based at least once a year. Barry and the Ghost, the epic fight, and also going shopping, etc. Uh, Mike Feathers, Aman Feathers, Featherstone. Um, Good podcast. It brought back a lot of memories. Good. Notice he said good, not great. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> interesting that we all remember the theme music. This is about uh, Mentor Ghost. Uh, interesting that we all remember the, the uh, theme music. It was obviously a key feature of the show. I'm staggered that it ran for nine years. I think I must have enjoyed the original series and then faded out after the cast change occurred. So I missed the following gun stuff. I have only vague memories of the horse, for example. Uh, I was also interested to note that I'm the only one who remembered the first series. Old fart that I am. Uh, you remember Chad? I, I said to you last uh, last time that we had an email from Chad. Well, here is Chad's email. Uh, hi, guys. I've only just started listening to the Waffle On podcast and haven't yet caught up on the, up to the most current one. I've just finished listening to the Patrick McGurk. God, blimey, that's old, isn't it? Uh, and uh, Monty Python episodes and very much enjoyed them both. You two have a wonderful rapport. And it's great hearing you talk about the television shows and films you love and hate. Please keep them coming and I'll do my best to catch up. Cheers from Chad. Well, that's wicked. A new listener from Chad there, so... Nice one, where's Chad. He, where's, he, where's he from? Uh, I'm not too sure. I've got his IP address, so I could easily try and look it up, but uh, I'm not going to do that. Should I have a look at him? I can easily do is, is, is he from over here, or is he... We've known a lot of Chad. I think he's Chad, got... probably American or Canadian, maybe. It's not Chad, the bloke out of Nickelback. <laughs> no, all uh, Charlie's Angels. <laughs> yeah, the bloke out of Nickelback. I can't stand Nickelback. podcast, <laughs> 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 So you're not a Nickelback fan. They sound all the same, don't they? <laughs> they do sound the same. He's got terrible hair as well. <laughs> yeah, well, you judge all my friendships on hair. <laughs> I thought I was the one who was obsessed by hair. Yeah, yeah no, you used to, so you started losing it. Yeah. <laughs> right, OK. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, we've got an email here from Mark Newman uh, from uh, County Wexford. Uh, hi, just to tell you that uh, I love the podcast. Just a shame that there are more of them. Uh, well, dear, yeah, tell us about it. Uh, must complain, though. Uh, that I can't get the Winter Ghost theme out of my head since you find it pure quality. Uh, I've just read a small book called Fascinating Celebrity Facts. I'm surprised to read a fact which I was unaware of, but links to of your previous podcast, Porridge and Doctor Who. And that was Fulton, McGa <clears throat> Fulton McKay was regarded as the favourite to take over from John Pertwee, but he chose to play prison officer Mr. McCoy instead. I don't know if you're aware of this. Looking forward to the Christmas serving, which I was just going to... One thing that annoys me about Christmas shows is where there are outdoor scenes, and apart from a dusting of artificial snow and a bit of tinsel, it is clearly the middle of summer, with trees covered in leaves, etc. All the best and Merry Christmas from Mark Newman. Well, thank you, Mark. Uh, I did actually read that about Mr. McCoy, but we, I don't think we mentioned it on the uh, Mr. McCoy, about Fulton McKay. Um, but we didn't mention it on the podcast. Um, 
Yeah, it's, it would be strange for us to saw Fulton Mackay as a, a doctor, isn't it? I, I just can't. You can't. I, I suppose because because of, of the parts you saw him in after you heard him, he just no. He didn't come across as a nice man in his plays. He need whatever he was in, did he? Uh, oh, apart from um, Fagelbach, because in yeah. Fagelbach he was the English lighthouse keeper. I think he'd been a like, Scottish Scottish Doctor Who. Well, that would have been ironic for David Tennant when you think mm-hmm. about it, because he's Scottish and was playing him in English. So, uh, no, I don't know. Interesting fact. Thanks, Mark. Cool. Uh, and our last one from uh, Richard Goldstone. 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 That's a good name. I know. G-O-U-L-S-T-O-N-E. So apologies if I said your name wrong, uh, Richard. Uh, great fun listening to your Waffle on Faulty Towers. It was good. Jerry Anderson, good. Doctor Who, superb. Uh, just, just don't talk over each other so much, please. Uh, it's hard enough for a Kiwi, oh, brilliant, uh, like me to understand your weird accents as it is. Uh, when are you going to do the really good stuff? <laughs> I, I, I'll, tell, I'll, start, I'll put this out now. I agree. Yes. <laughs> when are you going to do the really good stuff like Blackadder and Dad's Army? Please make sure you get James from Dad's Army podcast to be a guest host on that one. Uh, yeah, James, that's James Rockcliffe. Uh, he does a wonderful Dad's Army podcast and... Uh, I don't know if we'll get to get get to uh, use James James as a uh, a guest host because he's he does the Doctor Who podcast on his own. But I'll certainly ask him if he wants to jump in and send us a comment or if he wants to do a uh, a joint podcast, it'd be great because James knows everything there is to know about Dad's Army and uh, it'll save us doing the research. So I think we will. Uh, what do you agree on? You just jumped in there and said I agree. I don't know. I was, I was saying I agree. <laughs> <laughs> doing a, 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 about doing a Blackadder because I've been on about Blackadder for bloody. No, you, you you jumped in and said I agree. Just as I got to, when are you going to do the good stuff? I <laughs> oh, know. Yeah. <laughs> was that just you that's hate? Just me, that's just me being a bit sarcastic. <laughs> oh my! So uh, brilliant. So we got a Kiwi listener. Uh, I wonder if he is uh, actually still in New Zealand or he's moved away. Like everyone seems to move away from he the. Works uh, in a bar in London. Works in a bar in London. Yeah. How come we all want to move to Australia and to New Zealand? Yeah, everyone moves away from there. Mad. Mad. I don't know. So, uh, so there you go. So that's the emails and uh, and stuff like that. So. Bearing in mind, we do have a Facebook page, so if you're on Facebook, uh, please look up Waffle on Podcast. Um, if you want to uh, friend message me, then uh, unfortunately you're going to have to actually email me uh, at, at the Waffle on uh, Waffle on Podcast at Googlemar.com because uh, my Facebook page today had a bit of a mad one, and um, I've had to block not block, but um, put some security stuff up. Uh, I've lost a few. Um, people that I was friends with on there, so God knows what happened there. But there you go. So yeah, we have a uh, Facebook page, and of course we've got our own page. So let's crack on with the show. And as always, what best way to do it than to play the theme music? To uh, actually, I should explain what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Let's play, let's play a random theme tune. <laughs> let's play Night Rider. Um, oh no, I'll tell you what we'll do before we, we kick in. Oh, this is going to be some editing, isn't it? <laughs> no, no, you're, doing, you're doing it. <laughs> Yeah. Even in that, I'm shocking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep that in just so people know that you do bugger all on this show. Apart from <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, uh, let's just uh, mention a few things that are coming up uh, soon. Uh, we've mentioned the uh, Holy Grail podcast that we're doing soon. Um, we're also going to be doing a episode on the invasion of American TV. Uh, I think we're going to probably record that, Kelly, in, in uh, maybe the end of March. <clears throat> and uh, we've I've asked uh, our friend uh, from Minnesota, uh, Crystal to uh, do a little bit of research first she's going to uh, we're going to send her some of our classic favorite american tv shows uh, which I'll post up on the site and uh, she's going to give us an american's point of view of them she asked if she could uh, uh, help out one episode and uh, I thought we'll do that so how does that sound sounds pretty brilliant you know you get into american stuff you get into my 
realm of uh, influence there. Well, you, actually, this is more your gig. This one is. So, do you yeah. want to do you want to let us know what kind of uh, shows you uh, you'd like to talk about? Just so anyone could send in a comment about them. What, now, uh, yeah, definitely. I'd say. Um, well, we talked about this very recently, haven't we? What shows that we we talk about? Like in basic, we talk about the eighties, aren't we? Really, uh-huh. our, our, our stuff. We say that you say like yeah. a father. No, I sort of had a bit of a, a burp at the same time as we're speaking. Then. So I sort of hid it under a funny noise. Well that, that's good camouflage. <laughs> uh, I'd say um, the A Team. Yeah. Night Rider. Moonlighting. Oh yes. Then we're gonna go a bit. Bit back to the stuff that we love, like the Invaders. Yeah, Quincy. Oh no, I'm a massive bloody. Quincy. I tell you what, uh, this is going slightly off, not an half subject, but um, I was watching. Uh, you know, I like my Silent Witness, and uh, after last night's episode, I, I turned over to Charlie Booker, uh, watched Newswipe, and afterwards was a program about the fast- uh, what, about all the, the programs about dead people. Yeah, and it had Jack Klugman on there talking about Quincy. No. Yes. Just, yes. From where, I thought, when was this done? Was it recent? You reckon? Yeah, because he's still alive. How old did he look old? He don't, he don't look, I mean, obviously he's had throat cancer and he, he lost a vocal yeah. cord on his throat. Uh, but no, he's, uh, he looks, he had looked like he was wearing golfing clothing, unless that's what old people wear in America. Um, but, um, he looks, yeah, to be fair, you know, you could tell it was Jack Klugman. He looked pretty good, actually. And, uh, he was talking about Quincy and, uh, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, it was really good to see. So Quincy's definitely one. Um, now I was going to say MASH, but I don't want to do that because I want to do a MASH as a separate podcast because it's too big. And the other one, oh, no, because this is going to be part one and part two, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, there's a lot to talk about. Because I want to talk about uh, classic cop shows in America as well, like uh, The Rockford Files, Cagney and Lacey, uh, Streets of San Francisco, and whatever else we can come up with. Oh, and of course, probably the best cop show that's ever come out of America, Sledgehammer. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, 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 you're being funny there. You didn't know why, but... Uh... <laughs> But I mean, that was good. It was good. And, and, and uh, uh, yeah, uh, you know, you had a famous quote about that in a in a classroom when we were at school. But we'll talk about that when we talk about the American podcast. <laughs> yeah, right then. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so that's how we're going to do American Invasion for that. So look out for that. Uh, we're also going to be talking about uh, Blackadder two. Um, we'll probably well, I don't want to talk about Blackadder one because I can't stand it. Really? Yeah, I think I, I think a podcast a series. I wouldn't try. Let's not try and ram them all in into one. No, no, yeah. it's just too much. Yeah, so we're going to do Blackadder two. Uh, we are going to do Dad's Army, uh, and uh, hopefully James will be in touch with that. Uh, we're going to do Quatermass, uh, which I'm going to watch uh, those episodes hopefully this weekend, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, what else? Was... Spa- what about the space one? We still. Oh you... yes, we're going to do spaced and uh, and I'm going to try and get. I've not asked her yet, and. Um, so this is this is way out there, but uh, Jenny and Kenny who do uh, the Knights of the Girl podcast, I noticed on uh, Jenny's Twitter page um, that she just said she's just started watching Spaced. So uh, oh. I'm going to uh, send her a message and see if I can get an email off her or an MP3 off her of her opinion of seeing Spaced for the first time because obviously Spaced is over nearly 12 years old now. Uh, the funny thing is that uh, Simon Pegg and uh, uh, Nick Frost's new film actually has Jessica Stevenson uh, in it um, and a couple, and a member um, Smiley. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Attires. Um, he's in it as well, so that's quite cool. Yeah, so uh, Space is uh, definitely something we're looking forward to do because uh, I do look a little bit like Simon Pegg. Uh, and as my hair's going, I'm starting to probably look more like him. Um, 
Maybe a slightly fat Simon Pegg. Uh, <laughs> more fat boy one, Simon Pegg. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that'd be good. And uh, we always say, we also had an idea. We don't know if we're going to do it yet. Is that uh, one about Chris Murray, didn't we? Yes, yeah, definitely. The, the wonderful, crazy world of Chris Murray, which I'm going to, I'm going to say now, he's going to have an explicit tag on. Uh, yeah, because next person, I'd say that was, he was the comedian that sort of affected our comedy, I think, more than our later comedy. I'd say it was all like, you know, the obvious stuff, like, Dad's army, not that when we were younger, but we had about 18. It was Chris mm. Murray stuff, wasn't it? That's like me, me, you, and our friends were just mad on Chris Murray stuff. Yeah, I think we'll have a guest on that. Should we have a guest, uh, guest host yeah. as well on that? Who do you reckon? Mm, no, we're gonna need, we need someone who's really into Chris Murray. Mm. Uh, I, I don't know. Woody's a big Chris Murray man, isn't he? Yeah, Woody'd be pretty good actually. Yeah, he's really good. And, and Woody. I've got to say, this is a quick Chris Murray's thing. Did you? I, uh, I was reading on the internet last night that um, <laughs> someone from the Times went right. to saw that new Chris Murray's movie last week. Oh, right. Said it's really, really weird. Half yeah. it is, you know what it's about? It's about people trying to become suicide bombers. Yeah. But they're really rubbish. <laughs> and uh, it said half it's really funny and half it's really, really serious. Oh, dear. So it really, and that, that's just Chris Murray's all over, isn't it? Yeah, it's going it to be it's gonna be to the knuckle, that is, isn't it? It makes you laugh and then makes you feel a bit weird about it, what you're laughing mm-hmm. about. That's why he's so great. And well, it makes, you, it makes you think about what you're laughing at, doesn't it? People that's in the, the States are not so much, I don't think they really know loads about Chris Murray's. So I don't know how much of his yeah. stuff's been. So that'd be but, good for the American audience out there to tell us how much of Chris Murray's. But we'll can do that later on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, go out there, check out YouTube and uh, uh, be warned though, Chris Murray's uh, he touches on he touches on tabloid uh, propaganda and paranoia is basically what he does. So he'll touch on facts uh, such as suicide bombers, um, paedophilia, drug problems, drink problems, and he'll blow it out because we all know that tabloid headlines blow everything out of proportion. In fact, Newswipe last night with Charlie Booker just proved that with uh, with the cardboard boxing. Uh, but uh, that's another thing. We go way off tangent now. Uh, let's get back to Sherlock Holmes. Thirty-five minutes. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> oh, okay, so uh, we're going to be talking about um, Sherlock Holmes, and we're going to be concentrating on the Jeremy Brett years. So let's play the theme tune to Sherlock Holmes uh, from the Granada TV series.
Okay, so there's the theme tune. Um, yeah, a lovely uh, bit of theme tune there, Cal. I uh, love a bit of the old violin. Can't beat it. <laughs> it's got the most, the most iconic beginnings. Oh, yeah. Do you want to explain just, it? Yeah, go on then. Oh, do you want me to explain it? Yeah, go on then. Oh, okay. Well, basically, it's uh, the streets of, um, of, of Baker Street, which is actually the Granada TV studios uh, at the back of Covenation Street uh, up in Manchester. Um, and you see a load of kids running around there. There's a newspaper seller waving his you know, latest edition that has been a murder. And the camera pans up, and you've got this beautiful violin music that you just heard goes up. And as it comes up to the window, you see Jerry and Brett just looking outside, and he slowly turns his head, and you just think, that man is Holmes. It's yeah. just brilliant. It really is. I get excited about hearing that music all the time. And uh, uh, just, just brilliant. So let's, uh, let's crack on then. Um, <clears throat> before we actually get to, to Jeremy Brett, and people are probably going, oh, God, just hurry up and get on with it. Um, Sherlock Holmes is obviously a, a huge, a huge uh, character, probably one of the most well-known um, literary characters to be part of film and TV, uh, created by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. And the, the interesting thing is uh, Holmes was... Uh, kind of based on uh, Joseph Bell, a lecturer and doctor up in Edinburgh University, who had this theory uh, of um, being able to solve crimes using what we know now as forensics, uh, with uh, fingerprints and looking for marks on stones and all this kind of stuff. And uh, they did do a TV programme played by Ian Richardson. That was quite uh, good, that was, wasn't it? Was, it was, yeah. And, and let's face it, Ian Richardson obviously has played uh, Sherlock Holmes himself. Uh, and that was a really good programme, but I think the trouble with stuff like that is if People watch you because they automatically think you're going to see a Sherlock Holmes thing. And, yeah, um, like, what was really, it called? That was called The Dark Beginnings of Sherlock Holmes, wasn't it? I think so, yeah, something like that. Uh, but let's uh, let's go back to way we well, back to the beginning. Uh, one of the first things uh, on TV of Sherlock Holmes was um, played by Leslie Howard, um, son of, um, what's his name? <laughs> no, Ronald Howard. That's terrible. That's a great start. Uh, <laughs> Ronald Howard, uh, son of Leslie Howard, played Sherlock Holmes uh, in 1954. This was the first and only American television series. Um, and uh, it's 39 half-hour episodes. And I bought that at the uh, memorabilia fair. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, they did that. It was one of the first TV series, uh, obviously not uh, films. Uh, and uh, that, that DVD release did come out in in 2005. It's not too bad. They're, they're mainly um, kind of new episodes. Um, and it's just one of them things where I, I'm a class, as you know, I'm a classic Holmes fan, so I like to see the stuff done from the book more than anything else. Um, but it's still, a, it's still a good, still a good TV series. I think it, it's not as good as obviously it's not as good as Brett, uh, and it's not as good as um, the Peter Cushing one. Now you like, uh, you like Peter Cushing, don't you? Well, I, yeah, Peter Cushing, I do. Well, not, not, uh, he's my favourite Holmes ever. And he, well, I say he's one of my top five actors of all time, but there you go. I just loved him. I just, I don't know. To me, he's how Sherlock Holmes. But, uh, you know, it's just me, isn't it? it it's, I, that's what I like about Sherlock Holmes. Everyone's got such an opinion about it, haven't they? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's not just that uh, you all have to toe the line and, what, you know, like James Bond. This, you know, you only like one of four actors. And I like the way with Sherlock Holmes. There's so many interpretations of it. I mean, to me, uh, uh, you know, it is Peter Cushing. Yeah, I mean, Peter Cushing was uh, with Nigel Stark, who played Watson. Uh, I've just, I've just, as you were talking there, um, I grabbed my DVDs out, and I'm just looking at that Leslie uh, Ronald Howard. I'm going to have to stop saying Leslie, but Ronald Howard uh, edition, and also the uh, Peter Cushing ones. And um, 
I've got here, I've got a hand of basketball, study in Scarlet, the Boscombe Valley Mystery, the Sign of Four, and the Blue Car Bunker, which are obviously the, um, the little mini BBC films that they did. Uh, uh, Peter Cushing, actually, I think there's only six episodes of Peter Cushing's original BBC um, series me. available. Yeah, which is which is such a shame. I mean, like everything, I suppose they might they might end up um, you know end up coming back. Uh, but, but who knows? People do find these things, don't they? Yeah, they do, they do. Yeah, because they would have been transmitted somewhere else. I know they had a habit of taping them, didn't they? Or, yeah, well, over, over in syndication. Uh, yeah. So before we, we get into uh, Jamie Brett's homes, let's uh, just talk about the, the wide world of Sherlock Holmes. Uh, um, there's obviously been radio series being done and, and all this kind of stuff. And uh, back in, like, 1937, The Three uh, Gables was broadcast on NBC. I was in America in uh, 1937, and this was recorded live from a stage. Um, you had Lewis Hector who played the detective and William Podmore as Dr. Watson. And some of this stuff you can actually now get on uh, iTunes, on like podcasting and everything like that. I've heard quite a few Basil Rathbone stage plays. The only downside to uh, some of those uh, programs that you can download is they're stuck full of bloody adverts. Uh, one yeah. of them one of them's to do with California wine. I want to listen to, you know, really, um, Douglas Wilmer. Douglas Wilmer is uh, uh, a, oh, he's just awesome as Sherlock Holmes. He's an honorary member of um, the Sherlock Holmes Society of London, um, which I'm a member of, uh, and so, uh, so is Steph, who's uh, known as Celestial Teapot on uh, on various forums. And um, he uh, his Watson was again Nigel Stark, who obviously carried on to do it with uh, with Peter Cushing. Douglas Wilmer is is probably one of the most respected of uh, Sherlock Holmes actors. Uh, other actors who have played Holmes was uh, Stuart Granger, uh, which I can't see myself. Larry Hagman. <laughs> Larry Hagman. <laughs> yeah, which is uh, a yeah, it says uh, um, there have been a number of made-for-television films uh, such as The Hand of the Basketball in seventy two with Stuart Granger as Holmes and Bernard Fox as Watson, Leonard Nimoy. In the 15-minute The Interior Motive in 1975. Leonard Nimoy, go blimey. Uh, the Return of the World's Greatest Detective, which was a pilot, which had Larry Hagman as Sherlock Holmes. Uh, and also then Sherlock Holmes in New York with Roger Moore and Patrick McGee. Oh, God, I saw that. That's I know, terrible. that is terrible. Uh, Televised stage plays have included Frank Langella's Sherlock Holmes and The Crucifer of Blood with Charlton Heston. Uh, you know, that interesting fact, that was his lifelong ambition to play Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, actually, I think on the stage play as well, uh, Jeremy Bitt played Watson uh, in that one as well. Uh, in 77, Christopher Plummer. Uh, 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 is that, now, let me get that. He's called, um, is that uh, Murder by Decree? Uh, no, he was better known for the role in, yeah, Murder by Decree, yeah. That, uh, is, uh, that, is in, that is in, I think that's my second favourite Sherlock Holmes film of all time. Really? That's a TV adaption of Silver Blaze, that was. Uh, now, Orly Walters as Watson. Weirdly, watched it at Christmas with my girlfriend, because she'd never saw it before. It's, it was on the TV. It's a brilliant version of it. Yeah. Basically, it's the same story as uh, From How. Oh, right. Uh, jo- yeah. If you watch Johnny, if you watch that Johnny Depp film, From How, that is the same story. So, so it was turned into a comic and then turned back into another film. Okay. Uh, UK series in the 1980s included Tom Baker's performance in the 1982 four-part BBC adaption of The Hand of the Basketballs uh, with Terence Rigby as Watson. Uh, then there was The Young Sherlock with uh, Guy Henry. <clears throat> Shut up. We'll talk about that at the end of the show. Uh, there was the, <laughs> the Baker Street Boys. And uh, then, of course, there was uh, Ian Richardson who played uh, Holmes in The Hand of the Basketballs and in The Sign of Four. Uh, Peter Cushion did actually uh, return uh, as Watson in 1987 in uh, Channel 4's The Masks of Death with uh, John Mills as Watson. I uh, know that. 
I know, yeah. I, I saw a couple of clips on uh, on the internet earlier on, uh, but I've never actually seen the whole thing. Um, in 1990, Edward Woodward, uh, bless him, uh, God rest you, Edward, um, yeah. starred in The Hands of a Murderer with John Hilleman as Watson, and Christopher Lee starred in Sherlock Holmes and the Leading Lady, along with Patrick McGee. I watched that one very recently, and it's terrible. Is it really? Christopher Lee is a brilliant actor, but he's not Sherlock Holmes. No, no. Stick him as Dracula all the while. It's a horrible thing to say, but you can't get you can't get it out of your head that he's Dracula. Yeah, that's the downside, though, isn't it? It's a bit like you know playing Simon. Uh In Canada, uh, Matt Frewer, uh, otherwise known as Max Headroom, starred in The Hand of the Baskervilles and also uh, in uh, it is four other films, including Just the. It's on the Hallmark Channel, isn't it? Yeah, I can't stand it. I mean, I like Matt Frewer, but he's just. His English like accent is terrible. <laughs> and it's like it's a bit of a joke, isn't it? It's like The Simpsons doing bloody... Uh, yeah. It's like The Simpsons doing Sherlock Holmes. And I love The Simpsons, but it just doesn't seem right. No, no. Right, so let's crack on with Jamie Brett. Um, 1984, uh, Jamie Brett, Sherlock Holmes starred, started, sorry. Um, and there was 41 episodes in total uh, made by Granada, uh, Granada Television Broadcast and ITV. Uh, Jamie Brett had two actors who played alongside him who played Watson. There was uh, David Burke, who first played Watson, and then Edward Hardwick. Um, David Burke actually left because uh, he wanted to spend more time uh, with his wife and uh, and son. Uh, he was uh, then replaced by Edward Hardwick, who I think is probably the best uh, Watson um, oh, yeah. But better than the one with the Basil Rathbone ones. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, what's his name? Really funny. N- uh, Nigel Bruce. Yeah, really funny, but had nothing to do with. <laughs> no, I mean, come on, Watson. Watson was a, an army, you know, yeah, medical yeah. officer. He was a incredibly brave man, and to become a yeah, doctor, you've got to be intelligent. You wouldn't be a bumbling idiot who well, lies on the lies on the floor. That's that yeah. classic one line on the floor, isn't it, in the street? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just, just bloody awful, isn't it, really? But yeah, I mean, I used to love when I was younger. I mean, I've been a Holmes fan since I was really little, and obviously uh, in the late seventies, Basil Rathbone probably was the you know yeah, ultimate uh, Sherlock Holmes. But it wasn't until nineteen eighty four when Jamie Brett turned up on the scene, and and, and I, I don't know if you've read all the. I mean, I've read all the books. Uh, have you? I've read the first. I've read a few of the two of them. The yeah. first two. I like it as a TV show. I'm not into the literary thing, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I read the books when I was young, and I, I still read them now. And um, Brett nailed the, uh, the the portrayal of Holmes um, just down to down to a T, but um, probably a little bit too much to a, to a certain uh, certain degree. So yeah, he was filmed at Granada um, TV Studios, and I always wanted to go to um, the studios because you could have a walk around uh, the streets of uh, Coronation Street um, and uh, Baker Street. Uh, unfortunately, the um, it's now closed. Um, that is, I, think, I, I don't think you can do that anymore. I know that the Baker Street set was closed um, before 1999, uh, and I'm sure the door of 221B is now actually in Coronation Street. Um, I read it somewhere that it's actually the Pizza Hut door. <laughs> God, uh, but I'm not too sure. But I think the, the set's been that expanded now that the old Baker Street set now is another road off Coronation Street. Uh, but the, uh, but the, there's rumour that um, they was going to rebuild it all in in another place in Manchester. Um, but I think that's now gonna now just going to stay as it is, uh, which is a shame because I think it, I'd love to have gone. I know uh, I think Ray's mum and dad went to the Coronation Street set and they did that. Uh, you can have yourself videoed in the in the pub, can't you? Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Um, 
Other regular cast members was uh, Rosalie Williams, who played the housekeeper, Mrs. Hudson, and Colin Jeevans, who played Inspector Lestrade of Scotland Yard. Uh, Charles Gray cropped up a few times as uh, Mycroft Holmes. Uh, he actually played the same character in the 76 film, The 7% Solution. Uh, Eric Porter played Holmes' nemesis, uh, Professor Moriarty, who I think uh, Eric Porter just looked and at, just was perfect as, uh, as Moriarty. He's the great baddie, isn't he, Moriarty? If I always, I've got a theory that I think most most villains in American big films are always English. Mm. I think that comes from the Moriarty thing. Even though Moriarty was meant to be Irish, wasn't he? Yeah. But, uh, the, as the great English villain was, um, I, I really think that's my theory on that. Anyway. Yeah, in one in one episode, um, and my mind's gone uh, blank because uh, I've only just thought of it. <laughs> um, but there's a uh, when Holmes obviously Holmes. Uh, dies and well doesn't die but he fakes his own death and Moriarty dies and um, Holmes goes on the run for a little bit and but he's followed back to London uh, by one of Moriarty's um, closest friends and henchmen and uh, and that's the episode where they shoot the dummy of Holmes yeah, the yeah, actor yeah. who plays that he's got one of those uh, classic uh, TV voices that does sound uh, you know um, uh, announcements and stuff like that and he, he's most notable for doing uh, Vic Rue's Big Night Out and the Smell of Reeves and Mortimer uh, that was that was him who did those, um, and I apologise for not knowing his name, but it just suddenly dawned on me as as we was talking. Uh, I, know that, the one, I, just, I know exactly who you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, and I, uh, it, I, I can see the character. That's really annoying, but that, that's is what this podcast is all about. We don't uh, we don't structure everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, in all, uh, there were sixty of uh, the sixty home stories. Uh, uh, Forty one was adapted for TV. Uh, Jamie Brett had a passion for wanting to make every single story that Conan Doyle wrote. Um, unfortunately, uh, he never got to do that because he came to an abrupt end when, uh, when Jamie died at the at the age of sixty-one uh, from heart attack. So in, there was, two, what, you know, you had the the, the Adventures of Sherlock Holmes, and you had the other one, the private, the case book of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah, but the they were all they, what were they? They original. They were originals then. Every single one is original. Every single one is from the books. Uh, all forty-one episodes. Uh, those those are also included in the films. Uh, the series was the Adventures of Sherlock Holmes, the Return of Sherlock Holmes, the Case Book of Sherlock Holmes, and the Memoirs of. Uh, no, after all them, they still had some left that they hadn't done. Yeah, indeed, uh, there was uh, nineteen uh, nineteen left. Uh, I mean, there's been mind a lot of those were, were obviously quite short stories, but those, you know, adapted for um, uh, for television. Uh, to, to do, you know, to go in. Uh, it was produced by Michael Cox and uh, adapted by John Hawksworth, who's the screenwriter, who did a, an absolute brilliant, brilliant job. Obviously, there's you have to have slight, you know, artistic uh, uh, change to them because it, it's it's like everything, you know. Um, Lord of the Rings is a classic example of that. You you couldn't film Lord of the Rings exactly as it is to the book because uh, it just uh, just it just doesn't work. So you do have to change things. And that was the same with uh, with this. Um, yeah, he wanted to make every single uh, every single one, but uh, he uh, he was suffering uh, from illness, which we'll, we'll talk about towards the end. Uh, uh, he was very very ill uh, towards the end of the Memoirs of Sherlock Holmes. He, he collapsed on set as well during one episode, and the is very it's that, la- that eligible what's he called eligible bachelor eligible bachelor yeah. Eligible. So it looks really, really it does. It does, yeah. Uh, I mean, we'll talk about the reasons why for that after, because it's a bit sad, really. But uh, one, I think it was the last episode that he filmed. Um, Charles Gray takes over. Uh, they bring in Mycroft Holmes uh, purely for the fact that Jeremy was was just so ill. Uh, it's the this Holmes, uh, Jeremy Brett's Holmes, is 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 classed as the most faithful uh, to the stories. Uh, 
uh, the only big change in that was Holmes quitting his cocaine habit. In yeah, the, I, didn't, uh, I didn't like that. Mm. Well, this was done purely for the fact that he was done on approval of Conan Doyle's granddaughter, but it was uh, it was done purely for the fact that he discovered that the television series had suddenly gained a considerably huge child audience um, oh. who was fascinated in Holmes and also in Jamie Brett's portrayal. So I can understand why. Um, to be fair, Holmes's cocaine habit, although it's you know, it was it's, private, wasn't it? it was it's private, private. And he, he was never, and I think that was the greatness and the subtlety of of uh, Conan Doyle's writing, where it was there, it was underlined, you know, that you knew he was uh, he, he had a cocaine habit, um, but he was never, you know, he was never blatantly obvious. You know? No, he only, and he only ever did it when he was bored, didn't he? When he was working, he didn't do it. Yeah, he needed something to. It was, it was, was, it was just to keep his mind active, wasn't it? Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, the good thing about this as well, that uh, it's like everything really, I think the way Brett portrayed it, you, you didn't need to, to be so obvious, you know what I mean? I mean, uh, I think the one film that uh, you absolutely love and I think is brilliant is um, The Private Lives of Shed. Do you want to just talk a little bit about that before we, we catch yeah, Oh, yeah, that's... Uh, but, uh, personally, you know, that was my, uh, my number, I think, The Private Lives of Sherlock Holmes is the best Sherlock Holmes film. Billy Wilder... Billy Wilder, one of the great directors. I know his name, he was German, but he, you know, directed The Apartment and all that. Uh, Sunset Boulevard, one of the great film noirs. And I just love it because you like that film as well, don't you? Because yeah. it's a perfect mix. It's half really funny, and it has got some brilliant comedy in it, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. Some brilliant comedy when they're dressed up as women and stuff. But then, <laughs> it's really, really dark, and he's a really destructive in that, isn't he? He's a destructive Holmes. Yeah. He's not a very nice Holmes. I just love the film. You know, if anyone haven't, hasn't saw it, you, should, you need to see it. But, I, you know, I know that the Sherlock Holmes side, they don't like that film. Um, it's too destructive but I like that yeah yeah I mean he it, wasn't <coughs> a nice person sorry but he wasn't a nice person particularly Sherlock Holmes as a person was he no. he didn't have people skills he was misanthropic he didn't like people did he he didn't like relationships did he no no I mean uh, the, the interesting thing as well I mean um, you probably love Sherlock Holmes uh, uh, um, portrayed by Robert Stevens uh, born in Bristol in 1931, uh, passed away uh, 12th of November 1995 uh, due to complications um, during surgery. He was married to Patricia Quinn uh, up to his death. Um, in fact, they was only married uh, a few months, really. But his, uh, his second wife was with uh, actress uh, Maggie Smith. Um, he's a uh, father of Toby Stevens, uh, who's, uh, I think, been in a few Bond films. Uh, but, yeah, he's... Um, I think he took the Holmes character to heart as well, didn't he? Oh, yeah. You know, there's a really good documentary. You get the DVD of that. And he stayed in character all the while while he was doing that thing. He just stayed in because he loved the character so much. Yeah, again, another actor who always wanted to play him. Yeah. He's got, got such a meaning, if you're, you know, an actor, to play Sherlock Holmes. It just means such a lot, doesn't it, to say you've done that thing. Oh, yeah. There's only James Bond, I can think, that's got such kudos yeah, I mean, ironically, we'll actually be talking about um, uh, James Bond in a little bit, which is uh, a little bit connected to uh, to older uh, Holmes. Um, yeah, it's uh, there's a great scene in that film as well with uh, Colin Blakely as as uh, Watson, and, and uh, this is Christopher Lee played Mycroft Holmes in uh, in this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> I can't remember what it is now, but it's when he calls him a bounder. Yeah, uh, no, it's fair. <laughs> yeah, it's where he's got him. He's got him. It's when he's drunk, isn't he? Uh, what's the, when he's yeah. doing a dance before the women, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that is awesome. I'm gonna have to watch that later on. Oh, brilliant stuff. Uh, so let's uh, let's crack back on with um, with uh, good old Jeremy Brett. A little bit of information about him. He was born uh, Peter Jeremy William Huggins on the third of November, nineteen thirty-three. 
in Bergsall Grange in Warwickshire. Uh, oh. So, that's it. No one. Uh, he passed away at uh, the uh, tender age of 61 on 12th of September 1995. He was uh, married to Anne Macy from 58 to 62, and they unfortunately divorced, and uh, to uh, Joan Wilson from 1976 to her unfortunate death in 1985. Um, Jeremy was extremely close to his, his second wife, well, I presume he's probably close to his first wife, but um, extremely close to his second wife, her, and she died of cancer in 1995, uh, and uh, that sent him into a pretty uh, uh, bad spiral, but uh, uh, we'll come to that in a bit. He, uh, he, this is the interesting thing, which is the reason why I brought up Kraft earlier on. Uh, he was the son of Lord Lieutenant of Warwickshire and an heir to the Cadbury chocolate family. Uh, so that's the reason why I wanted to bring up the Kraft thing earlier on. So the, these tedious links do all slowly come together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he excelled in singing and was a member of the college choir and he became a driver student but his father demanded that he change his name for the sake of family honour Jeremy trained at the Central School of Speech and Drama in London and made his acting debut in Manchester in 1954 Um, he played uh, D'Artagnan in the 1966 adaption of The Three Musketeers and yeah, and he was That's one of my all-time favourite. And yet again, the Musketeers one of my all-time favourite things. Yeah, I love the Musketeer films. I love them. <laughs> Are we, <laughs> well, you that continuous link? <laughs> I'm a big fan of the Oliver Reed ones. I must say. I love him, yeah. I, yeah. I even watched that Kiefer Sutherland one that was on the voice. That's terrible, that is. Oh, with uh, the guy, and he had the actor who played the key Oliver, was the one Oliver. in um, that the poison the poisonous handbook. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. It looked Oliver, like. Ev- <laughs> Oliver Platt, it's a terrible film. It's a terrible film, yeah. But he has got Tim Curry as a uh, Yeah, Tim Curry, he's just brilliant in everything he does, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. uh, and we both share, me and uh, Tim Curry have the same nose. There you go, yeah, tedious. Yeah. <laughs> um, Brett's feature films, he played Freddie Ensford Hill in the 1964 blockbuster film version of My Fair Lady. Uh, he's actually, his voice was dubbed um, when he was singing, which is strange because he actually has got a very good uh, uh, he can sing very well. In fact, you can see that in uh, The Merry Widow in 1968. Uh, Jeremy was briefly considered for the role of James Bond on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Um, yes. Yeah. And uh, and he also went for a second edition for uh, the role in Live and Let Die. Now, actually, I can see that, you see, because if you look at uh, how Jer- what Jeremy looked like uh, during uh, the 60s, uh, he does look very much, he's got that kind of, Jeremy's got a very square face. You, you yeah. think of Holmes, he's got the ideal square face. I think, and, and you look at the pictures of what um, he and Fleming uh, uh, thought J- uh, James Bond should look like, it's pretty bang on to Jeremy Brett. Yeah. Pretty bang on. So, But like everything, you know, you, we we well we have already done a James Bond podcast and you know we all know what Roger Moore's like. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of his uh his last roles was in Mal Flanders, um the '66 uh film, not the uh not the TV series. He played uh, uh the artist's father in that. Uh, that came out after he uh, after he died. Um, interesting thing here. Uh, Jamie Brett uh had a speech impediment. Uh, yeah, he had uh, lotusism. That kept him from pronouncing his R's correctly. Uh, he had corrective surgery as a teenager, followed by years and years of practicing. Uh, and this gave him his own uh, enviable pronunciation and, uh, and diction. Uh, he practiced speech every day uh, in, in whatever he's working on so that he's, uh, he, he didn't suffer from it. So, so um, But I think really it is... It is his role as Sherlock Holmes that has, has, uh, has made him famous. Uh, 
now to a certain point known as the definitive Holmes. Uh, he played Dr. Watson on stage opposite Charlton Heston in 1980 on stage. And uh, he's only one of three actors to play both Holmes and Watson professionally. Uh, the other two are Reginald Owen as Watson in the 1932 film Sherlock Holmes and Holmes. And in uh, 33 The Study in Scarlet uh, with fellow old Etonian Patrick McGee. Um, so there you go. Uh, he was approached by Granada TV in February of 1982, and uh, he said he'd, he'd do it, but he wanted to do it to be the exact, um, you know, portrayal as in the books. Um, the success of this obviously made him extremely famous in America, where his, his homes went down uh, extremely well. Um, he had a book with him. Uh, it was a 77-page book called The Baker Street Files, and had every single fact about Holmes on it, from his mannerisms to his eating and his drinking. Uh, which is like that must be like the Bible, I suppose. He was obsessed, uh, wasn't he? With it? He was obsessed with every little detail, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He said his own quote was: "Some actors are becomers. Uh, they try to become their characters. When it works, the actor is like a sponge, squeezing himself dry to remove his own personality, and then absorbing the characters like a liquid." Um, I think a few actors have fallen into this trap more than anything. I mean, um, I think it, who was it who turned around and said? Um, well, no, I tell you, it was like that. There was, with loads of the people who did the original Superman were like that. Oh, they? George that, Reeve, yeah. Yeah, because that Hollywood land, a film about that, because he couldn't be obsessed with it, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Is that the one with um, Ben Affleck? As, ben Affleck uh, I'd yeah, love to. I've not seen that. Is that good? No, I'd like. Yeah, again, I love all that. I love all that period of America, thirties, forties, fifties Americana. I really like that. And I've not got round to it. It's one of the things. Why don't they put it on the bloody TV? You never see these yeah, films again, do you? It'll probably turn up on Channel Four somewhere along the line. I think uh, well, a classic quote was from um, uh, a Laurence Olivier uh, during Marathon Man, uh, where um, Dustin just, Hoffman just decided to go. I mean, thankfully Dustin Hoffman now does no longer takes himself seriously and. Went off running round a, a block slidey so he could come back looking sweaty and out of breath. And, uh, and Olivier turns around and says, Why don't you just try acting, dear boy? Yeah. Uh, which is true. I mean, uh, you know. It's true, but they make good, you know, and I, that it is personally, this method is in. But if it makes the performance good, I don't get I, I love Daniel Day Lewis. You can't get more than a method actor than Daniel Day Lewis, but his films are brilliant. I know yeah. it's not for everyone. I personally don't think you need to. You just act. I don't. I mean, I've got to be honest with you. I mean, uh, well, I'm. I'm uh, don't take this the wrong way, but uh, doing some audio acting, um, I don't sit here with my microphone and suddenly start. Well, you do do you do do actions when you're doing audio drama because you can and no one can see you. But if I'm playing, I was playing a thug in um, in uh, the Jack the Ripper drama called Call Me uh, Call Me Jack. Now, I didn't suddenly dress up as a thug and start you know having having a big stick and wanting to beat my wife. I just did the voice and got on with it. <laughs> so, but, but there again, whatever, whatever floats you, but if it makes you feel better in character, then, you know. He did an old Jeremy, Jeremy Brett back. He did the perfect bloody performance. Well, exactly, yeah. Day and day and, day and, day and day. As, you, as you say, I tell you what, though, wouldn't Daniel Dade Lewis play a good Holmes? Brilliant. Oh, I think he, he could that. do it absolutely brilliantly. Mm. But there you go. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I don't think he'd do it because I think I've read a few interviews and people think he's really serious and he's not really. No, he's just a, he's just a person. Just because he, he goes back to he lives in France, does he? Does he live in France? He lives. I know he's got a really small little house and he does cobbling, doesn't he? Yeah, <laughs> he fixes he's just sheets. a normal person. And he, yeah. So uh, so yeah. Well, there you go. I, I presume that's probably the reason why he's such a good actor, though. He'll go into his own thing and. But as we say, that you know whatever floats you about. Um, Jeremy did become fairly obsessive and uh, about Holmes, but. Um, Unfortunately, because he uh, went into such a, uh, a a shock of grief 
Uh, he, was, he, 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 was a, he suffered from depression anyway. Well, you know? Yeah, I mean, this is, the, this is what it says here. It goes, uh, Jerry Brett's second wife, Joan Sullivan Wilson, died of cancer on the 4th of July 1985, and shortly after, Brett had finished Holmes' death scene in The Final Problem. Uh, Jeremy would struggle on filming the third series, The Return of Sherlock Holmes, throughout late 1985, and on the set, it was noticed that his manic episodes, his excessive changes of mood, were getting worse, and eventually grief and overwork became too much and he had a nervous breakdown. Jeremy was hospitalised and diagnosed with manic depression. So this is the point now where um, you start to see a slight change. Although, you know, I've seen interviews with, with Jeremy Brett and I also read a fantastic book, um, which I no longer have, uh, but it was bought for a cancer trust. You can still get it. If you just go on there and, and type in Jeremy Brett books, uh, anything you buy, it all goes towards a cancer a cancer charity. And it was uh, wrote by a friend of his, a lady friend, um, who got, they both got quite close together, um, just as just as friends. Yeah. Um and uh, yeah, so he started to become slightly depressive. There's a, a couple of episodes where, if you notice, he has no hardly any hair. He's got a really cropped haircut, uh, and that's because during one of his depressive moments, he just shaved all his hair off. Um, it's a really good interview done on Wogan around about the time, isn't now when he's talking about it. Yeah, and he's really and he and that's a beautiful interview as well because, because he yeah, goes because into about... he goes into homes, doesn't he? Suddenly stops. Yeah. And he does that thing where, and I do it every now and again, and I always tend to do it after I've watched, probably because I, I get absorbed with Holmes as well, where you put your hand up and you sit yeah. there and you place it under your nose and you wait and you pause. And, ah, just brilliant. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's where a few people started to worry about him then, didn't they? That he, he, he was having trouble con- keeping that Holmes out of his character, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it to him, wasn't it? Yeah, and, and this is the thing, and he, he, he has actually turned around and said that... Um, he found it difficult to let go of homes after work. The whole point, it's like we have this thing, uh, it, when you do acting or even when you do like your normal working day, I mean, when you come home from work, you might turn around and say to Emma, oh, blah, 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 this happened at work. And then it's five minutes later, the conversation's over and she'll tell you how she got on. And this is what we do here. Um, but if you become that obsessed by it, you can't shake the character off. And you know you're going to go to work tomorrow morning at about seven o'clock to get into your homes outfit. You're getting home at 8 o'clock at night because, let's face it, filming is a 16-hour day sometimes. You can't shake it off, I suppose, if, you, if you're that in, into it, you know. Um, Especially as well, I think, towards the end as well, he was using that as an escape from what was going on in his life. And that's not, it's a dangerous thing to throw yourself into fantasy. Well, yeah. I mean, he started to have um, dreams as well uh, of Holmes, and they turned into nightmares, and, and he began to refer to Sherlock Holmes as you-know-who was simply as him. Um and it's it's quite a, a scary thing, really, for that. Uh, he was given. Uh, I mean, uh, we've got to talk about his illness. Uh, I think it's important yeah, because it's, it's to do with depression. Uh, um, because we'll go on about how much we love his child in a bit. But he was given lithium tablets to fight his manic depression, and uh, he knew that this would this was something that he, you know would not be cured. I think now manic depression on, on such high levels, such as like Jamie Brett had, and also the wonderful Stephen Fry, who uh, who also suffers from quite quite bad depression, he's now a little bit more widely recognised. Um, I don't agree with little bits of depression. I just think you're having a bad day, you know. No, manic up. depression's a very different Nathan's thing. Manic a very different thing. And, uh, and he, was, he was looking forward to going back to play home so that he could, you know, get back into his life. Uh, the first episode after he was discharged from hospital was a two-hour adaption of The Sign of Four. Uh, you don't like The Sign of Four, do you? Nah, nah, I just saw it over and over and over. Yeah, I was going to say, is that the reason why? Because it's always yeah, on TV, it's yeah. It's always on, isn't it? Something you don't like the blue car bunker either. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the sign of four, when you go and look at that, you can actually see that Brett has, has, has definite, you know, uh, changes appearance. 
One of the annoying things of uh, taking lithium is fluid retention. Uh, and of course, the trouble is, is that with fluid retention, also the, the other drugs, y- y- it slows you down and you put on such huge amount of weight. Um, and of course, you know, media will jump on that and say, oh, look at him, you know, he's, there's obviously something more wrong with him if he's getting this, this big. Uh, one day, uh, this is quite shocking actually, uh, on location, a doctor was sent out and he drained 13 pints of water from his thorax. Um, that's just... He looks silly in it though. He just yeah. doesn't look right in it, does he? No. He looks such a no. weird performance. I, he had, I mean, he had, uh, he had heart, he was born, born with heart, but he had, uh, his heart was twice the normal size as well during times, which obviously make it difficult for breathing. Uh, but, uh, typical Jeremy Brett, um, I've got a wonderful picture actually on my computer of, uh, of Jeremy's, uh, cross-legged, uh, and barefoot on a, on a park outside of his home, uh, just with his arm, his arm in the area, a pole next to it. And he's, uh, he's saying was, but darlings, the show must go on, would be his only yeah. comment. Uh, you know, he was, he was hospitalized several times for his uh his, his, his mental illness well for, for, for manic depression um and it was because of that that he started to speak out more about it as you mentioned earlier on uh with the wogan um yeah. interview to to help encourage people to recognize the symptoms and seek help and and uh there was various uh, charities were set up after jeremy died and what, what a brave thing to do yeah he did die of a heart failure his heart valves had been scarred by rheumatic uh fever as he, what he contracted uh during the child um Interesting thing, though, about uh, Jeremy, obviously, come back uh, that he he never really covered from the death of his wife and uh, uh, it left him devastated. And there's a quote here that he put on a desert island uh, discs during his interview. Because I remember the last time we danced together. She was wearing silver and looked absolutely supreme, delicate and fragile. But as we danced for the last time and I lost her, her light will not come again. Believe you me. Uh, that just goes to show, really. I think somebody who, who can't, uh, you know, can't really let go which is yeah. but uh but yeah unfortunately we have to talk about stuff like that but let's talk about his portrayal of homes uh cal what what, do, what 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 are your feelings towards uh brett's portrayal of homes well what, what i the most thing i remember it is a kid it was always really measured mm. because i think it's easy to to be homes and play his eccentricities isn't it yeah that's the that's the what that's what a lot of these very horrible about it, but when he, a lot of these American actors, when they come over, they want to play homes like Charlton Eston. They just want to puff on a pipe and don't they? And mm. mess around with a needle and play his violin. And they, they, to me, they're the bits of Sherlock Holmes I, I don't care for really. I just like his measuredness and his aloofness. And he did that really well, didn't he? Yeah. He wasn't a very friendly person. You know what I mean? He, he didn't try and be. He didn't suffer falls particularly very well, and he didn't say things that. He didn't talk loads, did he? No. He wasn't verbal diarrhoea, as to call it. You know, what's easy to do in acting. And that's what I liked about it. I liked the way it was very measured. And he's always had a bit of... Pen- he's quite a pensive character where... He was always, he was always in thought, wasn't he, Jeremy? But he always looked like he was in thought. Yeah. Deep in thought. Even when he was looking at, a, like, a blemish on the wall... You would look... You, you constantly watching him thinking, oh, he's working that out. That obviously mm-hmm. means something. Even if it wasn't... And that's what I liked about uh, Sherlock Holmes' portrayal. It was the perfect Sherlock Holmes. Even though I love Peter Cushing, that's because it's just like the actor. But, I mean, the portrayal, he, Jeremy Brett just wrapped it up, didn't he? Sam, that Robert Downey Jr. is very good, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, um, Jeremy was one of the first people, well, the, probably the only actor at the moment, and, and you can tell me if Robert Downey Jr. does this, um, to really 
absorb Holmes into the point where he'd do strange things like flirting himself on the floor, start looking at rugs, uh, you know, um, and going through cracks in the floorboards, jumping on the, uh, you know, the edges of bridges, which he did himself, which is pretty dangerous anyway, you know, balancing over, running backwards and forwards. He really gave Holmes the energy yeah. of someone who was manic, you know, and that's the point. Holmes is manic. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, for me, just just. I just love watching him. I mean, I've got I've got the box set uh, which I've got in my heart and my hands here. Um, it's always on TV, and you you can. T- I mean, unfortunately, they always seem to play either the hand of the basketballs or uh, you know um, studying Scarlet. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't mind studying Scarlet because I quite I always like that the you know the introductory kind of uh, episode of Holmes. Uh, but it's always like you know the sign of four and you think oh come on you know just just play some of the stuff but uh interesting things as well we, we've uh, we've uh, brett's um uh homes he had a fantastic array of guest stars coming in. Uh, john thor uh was in an episode uh natasha richardson was in it joss ackland uh peter vaughan and of course jude law uh was in one of the early episodes uh as well uh, obviously jude law's going to play uh, dr watson but Robert Hardy, uh, otherwise uh, known as being in uh, the Harry Potter uh, films and uh, over here most well known for playing Siegfried Farnham in uh, All Creatures Great and Small. Um, He played... the uh, blackmailer uh, in uh, in in this in Brett's and he was brilliant in it. The guy was nasty. He played that role just beautifully. And uh, Holmes, uh, Jeremy played a character in that where he plays a simple, um, you know, house hand to someone who goes around and does the gardening. And this character was really a little bit slow, a bit thick, but had to get to know the maid of this blackmailer to get, you know, try and get the, the, the goods back. And the acting in that was just superb. It really was uh, brilliant. Uh, one to look out for you if you can. Um, yeah, uh, talking about um, Edward Hardwick as well as Watson. Um just brilliant. Uh, there was a good interview on, uh, I think last year we had a, a whole uh, weekend devoted to Sherlock Holmes. And um, just brilliant stuff. Uh, he's, a, he's a really good actor, he's anyway, isn't he? Oh, yeah, he's awesome. And uh, he always, he talks about Holmes and he talks about Jeremy with such... Do you, know uh, re- do you know what he's really, really good in? Really, really good in the Roman Polanski version of Oliver. Oh, Oliver. really? Yeah, I know Robert, you know about Robert. Well, yeah, yeah, that's okay. Let's not talk about that. That would be a different podcast. <laughs> yeah, and I had to edit out your comments about, about Polanski last time, so I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that is, a, and he's really, really good in that. He's really good in that. Hmm. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so, uh, in fact, I've got, a, a, I think I'm going to go and watch a few, uh, a few Holmes episodes, uh, today now. Uh, okay, um, so, Future Sherlock. There's going to be a sequel to the film that uh, had Jamie, Jamie Brett, uh, had uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law in. That's planned uh, for two years' time. Um, in uh, there's a pilot has been filmed already uh, called Sherlock, uh, and it's got Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, Sherlock yeah. Holmes, Martin Freeman as Doctor. Interesting, Watson. this is we don't know anything about it. Yeah, uh, Rupert know. Graves as Inspector Lestrade, and uh, your favourite woman of TV, Eunice Stubbs as Mrs. Hudson. Um, so this is wrote by Mark Gattis and Stephen Muffer. Now, it's, which is good, brilliant writers. Yeah. Uh, you know, Gattis is a massive fan, isn't he? You, yeah. You've got- Go on, talk about your... Uh... Oh, OK. Well, um, I'm a member of the Sherlock Holmes Society of London, and uh, every year, every January, they have the annual dinner. And um, it's held at the Houses of Parliament in London, and it's a it's a black tie affair. And um, 
and I went with uh, my wife. Uh, she wasn't my wife at the time. Uh, and we went, and Mark Gattis was the guest speaker. And um, I sat on his table with, with all these. And the wonderful thing about the Sherlock Holmes side, like, I was talking to you about this yesterday when I came that. Um, it's very much, you know, there's, there's uh, an open uh, club, so to speak. It's very... Um, I say it's a black tie affair. You've got what you expect to have from the Sherlock Holmes Island, but the people and the members there are just so open and so friendly. There's no, there's no pedantic stuff. There's no sort of like looking down on people. I mean, I sat with high, you know, uh, you know, lawyers who represent, um, you know huge people in london uh so i sat with them at this table i sat retired lords uh and me you know just your, your average joe and th- there was none of there's none of that snootiness that you you'd probably expect everyone was absolutely so welcoming they, they asked you if you were new to wear your badge and and we were welcomed with, with open arms and i i'm, I'm going back in uh, actually next january for the for the meal i couldn't go this year um obviously because i just had isla and it wouldn't have been good form to have uh booked it off for the second time in uh, two times in january down to london um but mark gattis uh a guest with him was stephen moffat and I didn't really know who Stephen Moffat yeah, was. This is going. Him. This is going back before Doctor Who had. Uh, I think Doctor Who knew Doctor Who had just started. So this is probably about two thousand and five, two thousand and four. I knew Stephen from uh, from oh. the press gang and also from his from his letters in Doctor Who magazine. But Mark Gattis, obviously, I knew through League of Gentlemen uh, and through uh, some of his books. And uh, I actually slapped Mark on the back <laughs> and uh, I went, "Oi, oi, mate!" And he turned around. It was actually really friendly. I, I didn't mean to slap him on the back. It was one of those moments where. You're not too yeah. sure what to do. <laughs> and uh, I, I got his autograph. And the most irritating thing is I didn't get Stephen Moffat's hanging yeah, up. In. <laughs> But the interesting thing about this is uh, they they talked about, Mark talked about this idea they had on the train about Sherlock Holmes being in the modern times. Modern times. And I got a feeling this is what this is. Um, uh, I, I remember sitting there thinking, I'm not too happy about this, really, because you've got the internet. <laughs> yeah, and CSI, and CSI, CSI just do exactly the same thing he did, but it's using technology. Well, it's just going to be not CSI with him in. No, and you've got Silent Witness and Waking the Dead and, and all yeah, this kind of stuff. Uh, mm, so, uh, but, you know, hey, anyhow, interesting fact for this is uh, Matt Smith, who's the new Doctor, was actually rejected. Um, he went for an audition to play Dr. Watson. Uh, and uh, uh, Stephen Moffat rejected him purely for the fact he said well, he looks more like a Holmes but he's too young and kept him in mind for the role of Doctor Who so there you go that's how we got the role of, uh, of Doctor Who um, I'll tell you what we haven't done what? our tedious link Oh, you haven't talked about young Sherlock Holmes, have you? Oh, well, I'm, I'm going to do the two. No, because that's going to be my that's going to be my John Lennon singing "Twist and Shout." That's going to. I'm leaving that to the end. <laughs> but uh, yeah, tedious link to, uh, of course, um, David Foster. Go on then. It's really quick. This one. John Cleese played Sherlock Holmes. John Cleese worked with David Foss. There you go. <laughs> bloody hell, that is a bloody thing. <laughs> <laughs> and that was with the Peter Cook, uh, uh, Peter Cook one. Oh, was it Peter Cook who played Sherlock Holmes? And well, I love that one. I really like that. Hands of the Baskervilles, really funny. I suppose you uh, you want to talk about... Um... Sherlock Holmes. Now, let's talk about... Uh, yeah, we could use this as controversial. The controversial Holmes. Now, mm-hmm. I know you would know we hate this, but I don't know what... It'd be interesting what people think in the States or whatever in Britain, wherever, Australia, whatever you are, our, our family, should I say. That, um, I'm a big fan of young Sherlock Holmes. I know 
completely right. Everything's wrong about that film. The act, the act. Well, no, the actor, the little the kid who plays him. Who is it? Who plays him now? You've told me this before because he's in he's in Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, isn't he? Yeah. He's a really good. He's a really he is, good yeah. He plays the. Uh, he's him, isn't he? Yeah. Don't anyway, him anyway, up. <laughs> anyway, yeah, he's just about. I know it never happened. There's no literary history of it, but I just like that film. I just think he's got a really good spirit. Nicholas Nick, he's really good in it, isn't he? Yeah. And I just like that film. Like, and interesting fact, it's got the um, it's got the first use of CGI ever in film. The bit where, if you, if you do watch it, it's the bit where um, the stained glass window jumps down and kills him. First mm. use of CGI ever in a film. Uh, and it's not Tron because Tron was all animation anyway. Yeah. But uh, no, I really like that film. I just it's got Murray. It's got the first. It's got Moriarty at the end. It's got all the things that you want. It's got Victorian London looking brilliant. It's got the universities. It's got him being his character. But there you go. That's just me, isn't it? Go on. Uh, Nigel Stock was in that film as well. And obviously, Nigel Stock played um, uh, Watson with Peter Cushing. So there you go. Uh, yeah, I mean, mine. Alan Cox played Watson in that, and uh, Sophie Ward uh, played yes. Elizabeth Hardy. Um, yeah, anyone else is famous in this? Uh, no, not really. Um, Barry Levinson was the director. Chris yeah. Columbus wrote the screenplay. Columbus, wasn't it? Um, you know, it's just I got no qualms with it. It's just. It's just it's wrong. Just wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's completely and I, wrong. I know yeah. it's nineteen. I know it's nineteen eighty-six, and I know it's it's a, a you know a, a, a just a, a nice little romp and all this kind of stuff. But it says here, look, Sherlock Holmes and Doctor Watson meet as boys in an English boarding school. No, 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 no. Uh, Holmes, Holmes is known for his deductive ability, even as a youth. Um, well, for a start, they wouldn't have met because Holmes didn't, wasn't in London. Um, it's just oh. Everything, uh, everything, everything about it is wrong. Uh, it's one of the things where I know why they did it for, um, but why, why couldn't they have just, you know, I don't know. It's just, I think if I went and I've not watched it since I first saw it, which would have been in 1986. Um, so <laughs> I think maybe, I, maybe I should go back and, and watch. Honestly, just watch it as a film. Just watch it as a film. Well, it's, it's, like, it's like it's like my attitude towards the Italian job, mate. Yeah, that's right. You know, why? Yeah, but it's a good. It is a good film. It's got the state thing. Or the intelligent job in any way should it? No, they could have should have just called it something else and and just had different cars because it was a good film in itself. Yeah. Oh, well, it's got Edward. Uh, I'm up my own ass, Norton. Oh, I love Edward Norton. Oh, well, come on. Oh, well, actually, to be fair, since I, I've got more respect for him now that he did the Hulk, because yeah, he, he looked like he let his hair down there and had a bit of fun. Because he, he has, he, he, you wouldn't really want to have him at a party because he's not fun, is he? You know what we haven't talked about? What's that? That play that we went to that one man show on Sherlock Holmes oh uh, yeah the uh, Sherlock Holmes of Death and Life um, done by Roger Llewellyn who was absolutely brilliant wasn't he it was Apart really good he's a theatrical acting of falling down the water <laughs> that, was, that was that was okay that wasn't bad that was well, uh, I thought that was really, pretty good well it was really bad but apart from that <laughs> that's that. only because you're not a person who goes to the theatre theatre I don't like that kind of acting but anyway it was brilliant was it was really well done wasn't it it was really oh, moving yeah. It? Especially because you found out the history of his dad, didn't you? Yeah, and it was all about basically it was all about um, he'd just been to Watson's funeral, hadn't he? Uh, yeah. That was the whole point. He'd been to Watson's funeral, and he was talking about his um, he, their their life together and stuff like that. And uh, and the funny thing, go tell it, go on, tell the story about the funny thing. We went for a pint afterwards, didn't we? Yeah, we went for a pint afterwards. You know, he finished quite. It was only about an hour and a half, and he was sitting in the pub on his own. <laughs> 
having a point. Yeah. <laughs> and he had a he had a he had a really bad rain mac on the cap. Yeah, yeah, he just looked like a normal bloke. I mean, I mean, I, he was sitting there, was sitting there, waiting for twenty minutes, thinking, "Who's that?" <laughs> and that was the embarrassing thing about him. I thought, "Oh, he's the bloke we just saw." <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and and then we did the thing of, "Oh, should we go and ask him for an autograph?" You well, did, though, didn't you? I did, yeah. And he was, uh, but by that point, he had been joined by. Uh, Two people, but apparently the that this was at the Arctic um, um, Theatre by me. Well, there, yeah, well, what it was, um, I don't know if you remember him saying, but he uh, he'd done yeah, it as a favour for the people who was running it, who who knew him, and uh, he brought the show himself to the actual the actual venue and did it there. So uh, I think that just because to show how much of a decent bloke Roger Llewellyn is. Uh, he, did in, uh, he did it in New York, and did he do it? He did it on uh, Broadway, didn't he? He did. He's done it. Was it. Not, it's an off-Broadway play, wasn't it? Yeah, he's done. Uh, I think this is the second play. Uh, he's doing another one now. That I think it's a Death and Life, and uh, there's another one. Um, and uh, he's, he's he's going around the country now. Actually, again. I'd like to go and see him again. Actually, um, you know, we we'll have to go. But yeah, he's. Um, I'd like to see him on screen. You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's weird why he's never. Why the, but hopefully now, like I was telling you when I went and saw the. Um, oh yeah. Okay. Talk about the film. Yeah, that was the, the, the interesting thing. Like I said, you haven't saw it yet, but you will get around right. to see it. I, you know, I thought it was really, really good, the new Robert Downey Jr. one. Mm. Yeah, again, it didn't have much to do with the original one. But the best thing about it, like I told you, there's loads of dads in there, obviously going to see it, with the kids. And there was a, there was a, a dad in front of me and his son. And afterwards, his son turned around to his, his dad turned around, did you like that, son? He said, oh, I loved it. Dad, I'd like to go back and watch some of the old stuff now. Mm. But that's exactly what they were trying to do, weren't they? Yeah. With that film. You know, it is a romp. Robert Downey Jr. is brilliant. He's a bit odd in it, and he's got one of the best one of the best Watsons has been. Honestly, I tell you, Jude Law is brilliant as Watson because he's tough. You know what he would have been? He was in the army and quite clever and very dashing. What he would have been? But yeah. It just really works as a rump. You know, it's not got all the things in it. The drugs are not mentioned in it. But then again, they're not that important. That's just because me, me and you are like the old-fashioned version of it. But I've got no problem with people updating it to get new people in it. Mm, yeah. But if you want the proper source material, you go and read it, don't you? Or get the Jamie Brett ones, or what the Basil Rathbone ones, because the Basil Rathbones were completely wrong as well, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. It was not alive during the Second World War. <laughs> was he fighting the Nazis? Oh, well, but yeah, you had like um, in Washington, was it? Yeah, in Washington. Oh, it'd be about eighty, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's a. That's a <laughs> but that that was another thing that I didn't like because I liked Basil Rathbone. But then oh, I he was, good, was a good. He, didn't he go? He thought he was a bit. He went a bit weird towards the end as well, didn't he? Doing Holmes. Yeah, I know that in uh, in in uh, the Sherlock Holmes Museum, um, they've got his mask there or something. I think. Huh? Which is a bit which is a bit weird, isn't it? Huh? Yeah. Um, yeah. So so there you go. Um, yeah, I mean, I do want to go and see the film. I've got nothing against it. It's just the fact that I haven't. Oh, well, there's loads of stuff going on, and also the fact that it's. I've got one of them things because now I'm a I'm a I'm a dad. Uh, getting babysitters is actually it's fairly easy to get babysitters because my mum and dad and and uh, my my in-laws are more than happy to come over. But you don't want to take the mick, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 you exactly. don't want to kind of like take the piss. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, we'll we'll go. We'll get to go and see. It was on at the Arctic this week. I was really annoyed about it because I wanted to go and uh, I wanted to go and see. It. As, as long as I don't do a 3D version of it, I'll be happy. Yes, yeah, <laughs> look at the 3D homes. If he got good of his pipe. <laughs> yeah, with the hound coming out of it, yeah. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, I, I would give up on cinema altogether because you know my feelings towards 3D. But there you go. That'll be another rant uh, <laughs> whenever we get. Uh, so that's the uh, the end of the, the podcast. Uh, stay along for uh, the promos that we're going to play in a bit. There's some cool promos that come along. Remember to send us in your comments to do with uh, Holy Grail or to do with American TV shows or Blackadder 2 or Dad's Army. Oh, and I'll tell you what else we're uh, going to do. 
because we've already got a comment about it, is uh, our children's TV special about um, children's TV that we grew up with. Oh, yeah, yeah. And cool. we've, we've already got an MP3 for that, which I have saved, and I've got it here. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so, uh, well, thanks, uh, Cal, for joining me. It's okay. And uh, I'll thank you for listening, and uh, we'll always see you all soon. Goodbye. Goodbye. He is starting to quote Star Wars. And, and he does it in character. Like, he quoted Luke Skywalker recently when my uh, SUV broke down in the Target parking lot. Oh, no. And it was such a pain in the rear to fix it, and David had to have it towed, because, I mean, he's a pretty good mechanic, but he couldn't fix this problem. Not Aww. in the parking lot. So, But later on our way home, we were just so exhausted. It was like 9 o'clock at night, and we're on our way home after him crawling around under this SUV in the parking lot and getting his nice business clothes was all oily and everything. He still retained the humor enough to turn to me halfway home and say, Uncle Owen, this R2 unit has a bad motivator. And I said, uh, hey, what are you trying to push on me? You know, you just earned your geek cred right there. That's by a little quoting bit of Star Wars. Cred. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> he just laughed. What would have been really funny is if while he was working on it, you should have been like, would it help if I got out and pushed? <laughs> <laughs> I could have, but at that moment, probably not a good idea. Not a good idea. I'm Jen. And I'm Angela. And when you're not listening to this glorious podcast, we would love to have you listen to ours, the Anomaly Podcast. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com. Hi, this is Rick Moyer. And when I'm not listening to Waffle On, I'm producing my own podcast. And here's a shameless plug for it. Are you ready? If you like geeky TV, if you like science fiction, if you like life in general, and you want to be encouraged every week, join me for Take Him With You, the weekly podcast that's spiritual, not religious. Nobody's going to force you to believe any certain way. You can just enjoy being encouraged and listen to some crazy stories and some fun music every week. So join me after you're done with Waffle On. Tune in, go over to TakeHimWithYou.com, click on the iTunes, and download away. TakeHimWithYou.com. Hi, this is Kenny. And this is Jenny. We're the host of Knights of the Guild, the official fan podcast for the award-winning web series, The Guild. We're not like your typical fan podcasts. Both Kenny and I have worked on several seasons of The Guild and take our listeners behind the scenes to share our fun and crazy times on set. We also have exclusive interviews with cast, crew, and fans of The Guild. We keep you up to date on General Guild news and the latest happenings of our cast and crew. So please give us a listen on iTunes or at knightsoftheguild.com.